Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Mimi. Uh, Mimi is a friend of a friend from Twitter uh, that I'll now consider a friend because we spent about an hour talking about Dark Souls and that's the way that friendships work nowadays. Uh, she's a passionate Souls player. Uh, she's a horse person, so her and my wife fell in love almost immediately. Uh, and at the end of the episode, after the outro music, you can hear her do a uh, kind of a cool rendition to the twilight princess theme so i got a little music at the end for you uh so i know for a fact that everyone is going to enjoy this episode mentioned something about uh, like your parents asking you uh, why you can't stop talking about horses all of the time like I, I have that same thing with um, Dark Souls and Bloodborne lore like all of my real life people are like can you like I don't know what this video game is and I don't oh care <laughs> can you guys <laughs> can you just not tell me about uh, you know Solaire anymore please <laughs> oh my god my mom okay so when I first got Bloodborne my mom she she's a sweet person and always very interested in what I'm doing but she's like it's like, hey, what are you playing? You know, because I'm up in my room, my TV's on, and I'm starting to play Bloodborne. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, playing Bloodborne, Mom. And she's like, oh, what's that? And of course, she plants her ass right next to me. I'm like, um, and, you know, it's a new, you know, it's a new game. It's, I think I was still on Central Yarnum, so I was, you know, having a frustrating old time. And she, <laughs> she sits down, and I'm about to pull a visceral attack, and she like. Her eyes go super wide, and she's and then she gets up, and then she's like, "Okay, Caroline, have fun with that." <laughs> she's like, "I don't know why you like this, but bye." And I'm like, "Get out of my room! I'm playing Minecraft." <laughs> Is that what she was used to seeing you play, like Minecraft, and kind of like? No, she's used to me seeing uh, to be playing Breath of the Wild, Okami, like okay. just 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 yeah, yeah. a lot lighter fare. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't. Oh God, what was the last really heavy game? Oh, we'll we'll talk about the last really heavy game I played because I I like them quite a lot, but they're you know few and far between for me because I'm quite picky about my uh, M-rated games. So seeing all the uh, the blood during a visceral attack had to be like kind of shocking because you know Breath of the Wild doesn't have any of that kind of stuff. Oh no, no, it's just like they disappear in a poof. <laughs> so you know that's. I mean, it's still fun. There's still some brutal. I mean, Legend of Zelda still has some brutal, brutal shit in it. Like Wind Waker's. We spoil Wind Waker for everyone, even though it's like a 15 year old game. Um, Wind Waker has. A twelve-year-old kid stabbing some dude in the head. So I mean, yep, it gets heavy at times. <laughs> but I mean, that's yeah. Wind Waker is my uh, secret favorite Zelda oh, game. I love that game so much. Yeah. If I wanna, if I wanna sit down and like say maybe I had a kind of boring day, or you know, it was just like very melancholy day. I'll sit down, and it's just such a a very colorful energetic game that i just you know i feed off the energy of that game kind of exudes there's something about the uh i know a lot of people didn't like the sailing in that game and but for me i don't and i don't know what it is uh there was from the moment that i got it the moment i got into the water i was like oh yeah this is this is home like this is what i want to do all Mm -hmm. of the time and you know replaying it 
since then, like replaying that game four or five times or however many times I've replayed it, like it is, I can definitely see how people think it's boring, but like there's still something, there's a sense of excitement to it when, when you just get on that boat and like just go. <laughs> and I it's feel just, like I'm really navigating. Like I, I feel like I'm actually navigating to somewhere. Like you look at the map and then you start heading in that general direction, but you use the islands as like little visual markers. Like, oh, there's, I want to go to um, Forest Haven from the, from wind was it windfall yeah it was windfall from windfall so you go oh there's a tower of gods off in the distance so i'm gonna go start heading towards that big giant monument so yeah no i i i always thought it was quite adventurous and i really did feel like i was on like an actual adventure and i was navigating through you know an actual ocean there's something similar to that in bloodborne i think with um the way that you can in certain areas see kind of into the distance and, and like wonder like what's over there. And then find yourself there at some point and go like, Oh, this is where I am now. Like, and I'm mm. now I'm kind of exploring through here and, and this is kind of creepy. Like it's, it's a different sensation. Like it's a different kind of exploration, but it, it still scratches that same itch. I find. Yeah, no bloodborne had a, now it was now my playthrough was like semi blind where I just kind of knew some of the lore aspects, but that's really it. So finding my way through um, the whole of Yarnum, uh, I think one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite moments was when I'm coming through the Forbidden Woods and I come out of the 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 building like the the mill and kill the snake snake boy and uh, I see down below I'm like I I think I audibly said I'm like oh is that Bergenworth am I am I going to Bergenworth I'm like fuck you're like okay i can't wait to go there so i mean seeing stuff off in the distance even like now i just like with all the lore hunting my friends do and you know i ask them you know when i'm on ps chat with them and i'm like what's that up in the distance they're like well take a screenshot so i take a screenshot i send it to them and they're like oh that's this place you know so i'll be like oh shit that's so cool like i can't believe i can see that far out like that's it's pretty awesome. Is that where you, is that the reason you started playing Bloodborne? It's because all your friends were, were doing the lore thing? Um, Actually, no. I actually started playing Bloodborne before I knew anyone um, in the Souls fandom at all. Uh, I didn't, I just jumped right in because I finally was able, I finally had some money. Now, with horses, you know this. They suck all of the money out of your bank account. So I have no finally, idea what you're talking about. I, yeah, I, exactly. I love and cherish all of my all of my wife's hobbies. You say as you cry. You say as you're crying. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. No, I uh, I finally finally had some money set aside. Plus, I got some like an Amazon gift card from uh, my brother, and he's like, "Yeah, go wild." So. I saw that the PS4 Slim was on sale, and I was like, oh, shit, I think I'm going to go buy that. And then determining what game I wanted, um, I kind of wanted something I'd never played before because I was considering um, Kingdom Hearts, any of the Kingdom Hearts uh, collections, whatever they're called nowadays. I mean, I have all the originals, so it's not too big of a deal. Um, But I was like, oh, Bloodborne. I've heard that's fast-paced and really dark and scary and gothic i love it let's pick it up as opposed to dark souls 3 where it was like you know heavier combat i also heard some of the complaints about dark souls 3 being you know 
paced faster in terms of combat, but you're, you still had the heavier, um, you, you still had the heavier move set. So I was like, okay, let's go for Bloodborne and see what happens. Okay. And then four hours later, I'm still in central Yarnum and I'm still crying. <laughs> I'm still crying. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this, I, did I, do I regret buying this game? Is this, is this life now? So <laughs> I, I mean, so I, I picked up, I mean, I trudged through it. I think all of Bloodborne for me has been through just sheer determination. Just me trying to beat everything. You know, no strategizing, of course. I'm just a puss, and I just run headfirst into everything. Um, but, you know, I'm going to say the first, my first playthrough of Bloodborne was just gotten through it through sheer determination. It was absolutely amazing, and I, I loved it because it's just like raging through the whole game. That's that's how it worked out. What what do you think about Bloodborne? Like captured you that way that you were just determined to get through it, no matter no matter what. Oh boy, I think it was because I was very, you know, I knew I knew some of the lore, not all of it, just 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 the basic gist of the story. And I was just really, like, curious as to, oh, my God, like, what's next? Because I never really knew what was next. I always proceeded into the next area with caution because I'm like, oh, my God, where am I? Where am I going? Where is this? I don't know what I'm doing. And so I would just be like, huh, this little landmark is interesting. Huh, why does this character look this way? So I think it was through just kind of, um, in you know, what I could explore and what I could pull out of the game that kept me going because I was just interested to see what could happen next. You know, you never, you never really knew. I only knew the only first two things I knew would happen in the game was I'd get my ass beaten into the ground um, and the cleric piece. Those are the only two, those are the only two (laughs) sure things I knew. And by the way, (laughs) this is so embarrassing. I I talked so much shit about the game before I got, I'm like, like this is this game is gonna be easy. I don't know what these people are talking about. Oh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I was, I was I literally I could not stop saying before I put the game in. This game is gonna be so easy. I'm gonna blow right through it. Like it's not even that hard. Like watching these playthroughs, of course, of people who have been playing it for a million years. Sure. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, like it's it's. This isn't that hard. This is going to be fine. As soon as I, re- I regretted it quite instantly. I was like, oh, mm, probably shouldn't have talked shit, but okay. <laughs> what was that first playthrough like? Uh, like what weapons were you using? And, uh, you know, what, how did you come to terms with the combat system? What, what was it? Was it kind of a, a long learning curve before you started kind of coming to terms with parrying and things like that? Or were you, did you catch on to it pretty quickly? I'm still not, I'm still actually just trying to learn parrying. Um, I'm getting a lot better at it, um, but I first weapon was uh, the hunter's axe, uh, and that thing is really overpowered. So, I mean, I, I like heavy-handed weapons. At you know any game I'm playing, I tend to have the really heavy, slow-moving weapons that deal the most damage. But uh, I had the hunter's axe for a little while um, with the blunderbuss, uh, and then what else did I have? And right now, I'm actually just kind of like starting to push away from the hunter's axe and using 
uh, the Holy Moonlight Sword uh, and the Beast Cutter. And then alternatively, I'll use the Burial Blade and the Rikuyo as my uh, my two weapons. Yeah, my uh, the, the Rikuyo is my favorite weapon of all time. Oh, that R2, <laughs> that R2 is oh, so fucking overpowered. It's so, oh my God, it's so... Like you want to decimate someone PvP? Oh, just use that. Just use R two. It's 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 such a good strategy. There's a uh, there's a transformed attack. I think that I think it's a like R one, and then you follow it up with like an R two, where mm-hmm. you just kind of like, you do like one big swipe, and then you do like a little stab, <laughs> just like a little mm-hmm. like a little poke in front of you real quick. Mm-hmm. That is so great. Like it's just I mean it's just like and it catches people off guard and even enemies like you can you can get like free hits on enemies basically doing it because they usually can't recover from the first hit. So man, that's this just like literally one of my favorite weapons and across video games. Like it's the Moonlight Great Sword and it's the Rikuyo and it's you know the Master Sword, right? Like that's the oh, only yeah. three I can remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right now, I really hung up on. I'm gonna say the the Holy Moonlight Sword is really fun for me because it's just big fucking sword like i never got into the 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 lesser version of that which is what was that ludwig's uh holy blade ludwig's holy blade yeah um never really picked that up um maybe i should for you know because i'm constantly like recycling characters i'll be like okay i'm gonna retire this character so i'm gonna move on to this character so maybe maybe one day i'll i'll use it but i, I feel there's so many weapons that i still haven't quite I've gotten the hang of or even tried yet. Oh, you know, I still I have my up, fully upgraded Blades of Mercy. I never fucking use. But <laughs> same. They're there. I did the same thing. I did because I thought that was going to do like a. That was actually the start of my skill build. I was like, oh, I want to use these Blades of Mercy because I think they're really cool. And I ended up. I know a lot of people, um, and I'm, I'm thinking of several people that I know specifically that listen to the podcast that are like Jeremy, please. But like, I, I don't really like the move set. Like I've never enjoyed using them, so it just became a Rukuyo build. So. It's not bad. I use it. When, when, when do I use it? I use it uh, into a lot of chalice dives because mm-hmm. I can be z- zippy zoo with it. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I feel like just because it doesn't take off huge chunks of stamina, you really can't. You really can just you know zip around and not quite worry. But they're really good against the the madmen. Like they're so fucking fast <laughs> that it's just like, haha, you can't catch me, you fast bitch. <laughs> What about the, uh, you know, when you approach a Souls game for the first time, I'm assuming Bloodborne is your first, like, Dark Souls game, right? You didn't play Dark Souls 1 or 2 before yes. you... Okay. Um, like when I played, you... um, I played, um, I've been recently playing Dark Souls 3. Okay. Um, and then I'm waiting for the remaster for Dark Souls, and I've also played Dark Souls 2. Uh, so those are the gotcha. only ones I've really gotten into. But Bloodborne is my main, my main game. Um, just in general, or <laughs> just like it's the yeah, only yeah, game yeah. I play. Yeah, no, no, it's like the only game I'm, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. It is like, I mean, I have like some time, but like most of the time, I'm literally just playing Bloodborne. I don't, I don't think I've touched a different game for quite a while. So, when we when you start playing a Souls game for the first time, at least my experience, like I, I had no idea what was happening in the story or that there even really was a story. Um, for me, it was Dark Souls One was my first game, so you know, a, like a crow to- took me somewhere, and a guy told me to mm-hmm. ring a bell, and like, okay, let's do mm-hmm. that, um, and that was really it until you know I found uh, like a year later videos on the YouTube started happening, and like, oh, yep, this actually has a whole thing in it that I completely missed. What was it like, you know, co- going through Bloodborne for the first time, and like, did were you uncovering story clues? Were you reading item descriptions? Were you watching YouTube videos? 
Yes, so I was like briefly watching our boy uh, Dave Controls um, lore videos on Bloodborne. Shout out to Dave. Um, he's, he's, I he, love him. He's been on the show oh before. He, he's just an extremely nice guy. He's so great. Yeah, he's such a. He seems like a real big fucking nerd to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out to Dave, my bi- oh, big nerd. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I watched some of his videos, and that's really all I went by. Um, was just some some of his videos, but I knew to look for, um, you know, look look in the item descriptions, and there are things in the item descriptions that, you know, really went in, you know into detail about, um, you know, maybe a character's motivation or their relationships with other characters, like Gascoigne and Henrik were the gallant duo, which makes my gay ass heart cry. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's um. I mean, I, I, I do, I, even now I still like look at stuff. I'll be like, have I looked in this item's description before? And I'll be like, oh, I didn't. And then I'll find out something new. So, you know, it's, it's quite fun to do your own lore hunting because that's as, that's as far as committed lore hunting for me goes. I, I don't quite go too deep into Reddit or too deep into the lore channel on my Discord server. Um, you know, I just hang back and watch and I just go, huh, oh, hi. Okay, you nerds have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I, I'm a similar person because uh, as much as I enjoy reading about the stuff or, or even talking about it to a to a smaller degree, I don't necessarily like putting it all together. Um, so I, I, I end up on like the goofy side of things. Um, like I was I was recently on a thing with um, on Sinclair Lore's YouTube channel, and they were like, "How do you think German and Maria met?" And I like made up a like a like a dating website called hunter like h-u-n-t-r oh, no. and like so like that's oh, you know that's no. that's where i met with lore creation is like being as goofy as hell but uh i really i really like picking up certain things and and kind of just absurdly defending them uh like the the, the most recent thing on twitter is like the whole bald gas coin thing which i find incredibly oh, hilarious oh my god please no, oh my god oh no <laughs> nope no you know uh, J- jeremy <laughs> You know how I feel about this. <laughs> so fucking cursed. Oh my god. Listen, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna He has hair, you fuckers. Please stop making him bald. <laughs> oh my god, I hate oh please. Like I who, who did that one tweet about like him fucking his beasthood kind of proving that he had a full head of fucking hair? Uh, like you yeah. cursed fuckers think he's like He's bald, like bald scoring, and of course my friends are like, "Hey, Mimi, here's this. Here's, here, have this picture of bald scoring you didn't ask for." And and they'll they'll always give it to me when I'm on voice chat, so they can hear me like scream at the top of my lungs. Oh my god, that's so. Why would you bring this cursed shit up to me? It's, it's because the last like to, just to uh, because. You know, it's been going on tw- like it's been kind of a weird thing on Twitter for the last like two days, and I'm like to the point oh where uh, last night my wife is asking me. She goes, "Okay, so who's Gascoin and why is he bald?" <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, no! Oh my god, tell her what tell 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 your wife to just go muck stalls, please. Don't worry about it. Just just go muck stalls, honey. Don't worry about it. Don't worry, please, please. But I like I, I, like that's the fun thing about uh, you know Bloodborne lore, Souls lore is you can pick absurd things like that, or you can pick very serious things like that, and kind of and kind of make them your own to a degree. Like you mentioned um, the Gascoigne Henrik relationship, which mm. is a uh, is a thing that's kind of like vaguely hinted at in game. But even mm. as somebody who plays the games, like I never really picked up on that 
until way way later until like the fandom started until i started seeing that come from the fandom and then go went back to the game is like oh yeah maybe there is something here like that's something that's fascinating to me about the games is they leave that that interpretation open to the mm-hmm. the player or even not even as necessarily the player like just to the people like watching or reading about the game i kind of knew something was up and i do agree with you on the interpretation thing where you can it's quite left up to interpretation, but I, I kind of knew when I, I had to face him at the Tomb of Elden, uh, it's like, wow, he like went insane from his, his supposed friend, you know, you killing his friend. Like, that's, that's pretty powerful to me. I'm like, hmm, maybe they're a little gay. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> just sprinkle a little gay in there, Fromsoft. Like, thanks. But I, I kind of, as soon as I started fighting him and he like came at me, I was like, wow, he like actually went kind of insane. Huh? Like there's, that's, that's strange. You know, it's too, he went too insane to be straight. So <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you know, I've had quite a few people on the show and uh, like we did a, we did a whole episode on where I, you know, we had, uh, four gay women come on the show and talk about how much. Oh they yeah, loved. I listened, That was the last one I listened to, and I'm just I, I laughed a lot at that. That was a, it was a fun little episode. Just listening to three, what was it? Three lesbians talk about wanting Lady Maria to rip their spine out. Which, four. by the way, yeah. yeah, oh four, yeah, four, four of them. By the way, I just want her to step on my face and call me bad names. That's okay, all I sure. Want. So. I uh, <laughs> I I find it fascinating though because it. And I don't, I don't really get involved with video games in the way that I do with Souls games. Like Souls has kind of been my life for the last five or six years, uh, as dumb as that sounds. But um, mm. it, there's something, there seems to be something about the Souls games, Bloodborne in particular, that inspires this, this sort of investment of relationships or investment in these you know, gay relationships that are not explicitly written out in the game, but very heavily implied and people seem to run with it like what do you what do you think that that is like what do you think that the do you think that's something specifically in the game or do you think that's something about the characters like so when it comes down to it uh bloodborne i think and and all the souls games really evoke powerful emotions uh out of a lot of people i feel like me specifically like just the oppressive hopeless sort of atmosphere in the air and just like the the mysterious cosmic horror of the whole thing really just teases out like really heavy emotions and i feel like that does go along with you know pairing characters up in relationships um i also think people just want them to be happy like you know pair them up with someone so they can be happy (laughs) like i want them to be i want every i want every single person except um a few a few people in that game um, <laughs> to be happy. Like I just, I just want them to be happy, and I think that goes. Uh, people can say the same. I mean, people can write drama and uh, angsty stuff, but um, you know, in in the end, I think people really want them to be paired with someone they love because love is such a powerful, you know, it's such a powerful emotion that you know people can't help but feel like they deserve to be loved. That's that's. I mean, that's my take on it. But I mean. That's that's how I feel. I, I can't let this slip past. Who do you not want to see end up happy? Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Um, okay. Oh, wow. You're really putting me on the spot here. Um, okay. So I'm going to explain to you a few characters I think are fucking trash bags and don't serve happiness. Um, first off, and this is 
definitely due to my first playthrough, um, like really it wrecked, just wrecking, just totally wrecking me um, emotionally. And that's what the first one's the Bloody Crow, who is, uh, I hate him. <laughs> and the, I, I forgot you fight him because I roll up to the steps of the Grand Cathedral and there's my danger grandma, Eileen, sitting there bleeding out. And I'm like, oh my God, who did this to you? And I go in the Grand Cathedral and I'm like, listen here, you fucker. And then I get visceral and I die. Um, so <laughs> it, 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 I still have a really hard time with him. And plus he, he you know, he, he killed or, you know, at least mortally wounded the one of the only people who were nice to you and, you know, looked out for you in the game. And, you know, he, he's just standing there like an idiot, like waiting for you to come fight him. And you're like, okay, you little fucker, time, for, time to die. <laughs> you know, so, you know, when I killed him and I went back out, I actually, I'm pretty sure I cried when I talked to Eileen. I was just like so sad because I was just like, I hate him and I'll always hate him. Okay. And then second character I hate a lot. And this doesn't say I hate them as a character. I mean, I still think they're good characters. But um, Bredor can suck my whole asshole. <laughs> I hate him. Just because you, he, he invades? or Not only that, but he, he kills my, my lad, Simon. Uh, and he just yeah. sits there. He just sits there with his fucking high, high heel fashionista boots. Like, good old... Like sitting there with his long, like a long leggy boy, and just rings his bell and he invades you. I, I love Bardor's <laughs> outfit so much. You're not gonna, oh, you're not I gonna mean, be able to sway me on that. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's a bad outfit because it's probably one of the best. Look- I mean, listen, any man who wants to fight and you know kick ass and and heel boots, I like all more power to him. But <laughs> this little cunt can just go away. I can't. Every time I am like I'm I'm co-oping with someone and they're like, Hey, you wanna go through fishing Hamlet? And the only one who like nine times out of ten will be like, Yeah, are we you didn't kill Bredor yet, right? And they're like, No, I'm like, okay. Then we're, right. go- we're going we're after him. <laughs> Let's we're get gonna him. have a good time then. We're gonna have a great time. Cause I cause I, love, I I really I you know, Simon's another example of those characters where I mean he is very mysterious and his motivations are kind of obscure, but I still felt like he was Kind enough to not kill me or insult me or be mean to me, so I'm like, oh wow, you're you're a good friend. You're fine. So seeing him bleeding out on the floor of the Fishing Hamlet Lighthouse, I was like, okay, so another one of my friends is dead. Uh, whose fault is it? And uh, I went outside and I found out very quickly. <laughs> and uh, he's never killed me before, Rador. Um, I've made sure that like I get quite passionate about you know. Uh, other even if they're just npcs killing other characters that i tend to like i'm just like oh wow so you're going right on my shit list bye so (laughs) yeah um i'm trying to think if there's any other characters i like totally hate nope have you used uh the blood letter at all the weapon that bredor carries around the the big giant one no i now i have um a blood tinted build in the making and she'll 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 probably use it. Um, That's um. I, I started the blood tinge build thinking that I would just be like a Chicago nerd. Uh, but mm-hmm. as soon as I, I went around collecting all of the blood tinge weapons, because you know why wouldn't you? And I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. this is my new favorite thing. And there is something 
Like there's something really satisfying about getting summoned in a co-op game and just carrying it around and then doing the transformation attack because you Oh just, yeah, that it, it's a sexy sexy it's, weapon. It is though. so fucking dope. <laughs> it's just it's like so, pulling this giant bloody club out of your chest. It's oh, like it's God. so that's like that's such a horny mood that I, I just love it so much. <laughs> like it's so good. I'm just like my friend AWOL, one of her characters recently picked it up and we were co-oping in the chalices and he stabbed himself once and I was like, Oh I was like, Oh my god. Oh my god. He stabbed himself in the chest. And I was like So, I mean I, I I like everything attached to the characters. I just think these characters are garbage assholes who don't deserve uh, happiness. <laughs> Those are the only ones. Similar to German, right? That's toughy. Did you? Oh, I, thought you gonna, I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to hang up on me when I said that. Yeah. yeah no. 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 Um, do you? No. 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 Are you talking about Garman deserving happiness? Uh, no, I, I was just making a joke because you were saying that these characters are trash bags, and I was like, just like Gurman, right? Because I was trying to. Oh make yeah, you. I mean, <laughs> I, I may, may I talk about him for a little while? Because I, 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 I've talked about this with uh, my friend before. We had a very deep conversation about him. So, do you, do you mind if I go into a little uh, thing about him? Absolutely not. Get into it. Okay, so um, I really, I really enjoyed Gurman's character even the first time around because of. Um, you know, he he reminded me of my own grandfather um, mm-hmm. in terms of his mannerisms. I'm like, wow, they really made him like old. Like they they did a great job of making. They didn't just like get a guy who could do an old voice and just like maybe pull off like oh you know he's grandpa. But no no like he was like you know the way he talked, how slow like slow to process and you know just a lot of the even just like the small sound designs behind him like with. Uh, you know, old people having like dry mouths and stuff and having a hard time bruising saliva. Just like the whole, the whole uh, character design around him and how they pulled that off was pretty spectacular. And he reminded me a lot of my grandfather in terms of his mannerisms. And even when he had those lines, when he, you know, he cries out in his sleep. I got, I got quite emotional about that because I was like, wow, this is like, this is a little too real for me. Um, this character though is you're you're very right. He he's he's a lot of people hate him. I don't hate him. I I think he's a well characterized uh, person in that he did a lot of shit. Like he he made a lot of mistakes and he is definitely paying for them uh, in one way or another. Um, and he that's not that's I don't think that's a good reason to to think he's garbage. Uh, besides, uh, you know, I, I don't know. He's a really, he's a really cool character to me because they, he's very human to me. He's, he seems like one of the most human characters in the whole game. So and someone, you mentioned him making a lot of mistakes and that mm-hmm. seems to be like from software's kind of, <laughs> kind of mode when it comes to NPC characters is not making them perfect, like making them deeply, deeply flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, to an absurd degree sometimes like with Alfred where you have this very obvious like Solaire stand in like this is gonna be your friendly guy like you can summon him and you know he's he's a, mm-hmm. he's there to help you and he's telling you all about the world oh shit he's an insane asshole who just destroyed this 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 weird queen so like we have to <laughs> watch out for Alfred and Gerben is, mm-hmm. is a similar thing where he he tells you things but he 
just like a normal person would, just like a human person would, like doesn't tell you all of his things, right? Like you don't meet somebody and then they tell you the worst thing that they ever did. You kind of just figure that out over time um, as you mm-hmm. form a relationship with them. And then when, once you do, you realize like, oh yeah, you may have made that mistake, but I know you now. I didn't know you then or what have you. So I can, you know, n- now I can see you're, you're actually paying for that mistake. And s- somehow creating a, an amount of sympathy and empathy for these characters in a world that like barely move <laughs> that have you know mm-hmm. maybe a couple of paragraphs worth of dialogue and that's mm-hmm. to me that's just amazing like that they have consistently been able to do that with characters over you know five or six video games now yeah i think well and i also think that's what made the final battle with him just all the more um potent where like i i downloaded the bloodborne soundtrack on my itunes uh, you know and i actually cannot physically listen to his track unless I feel like getting really fucking sad like because I fighting him is just like he's not one of those characters you're like oh my god he deserves all the happiness in the world I look at him and go you know I go he looks like he needs a rest like he looks like he needs to just you know have a rest and and not have to worry so much about you know Ooh, the next hunter is coming through. When the fuck am I going to get out of this dream? Like, no, it's going to happen now, old man. Like, it's, you know, you're going now. Like, I'm going to put, I'm going to, I'm going to use the word put you out of your misery because that's, that's how I feel with the, with, with him is that that fight is just you mercy killing him. That's, that's it. Do you think that he's the most tragic character in the game? Um, hmm. I think he's up there. I can't really put a pinpoint on who the most tragic character is because you have, you have him, you have, you have, um, and this, this all depends on if you go, you know, through the evil quest line and that's, uh, Chappie. Chappie's quite tragic in terms of if you send the beggar to the fucking church, like an asshole, and he's, you know, he feels, you know, his self-esteem just goes down the drain and he just, you know, he cries a lot. Like, ooh, yeah, that's a lot of sad. Um, and then who else would be quite tragic? Wait, who, who is Chappie? <laughs> oh, it's a chapel dweller. Chapel dweller. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shit, I should have clarified that. I've no, no, it's okay. Know. I even like frantically Googled. I was like, did I miss a <laughs> oh Chappie <my> cameo? <laughs> Oh, the chapel dweller. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I completely um, missed that dude because the the like I, somebody had to tell me to go fi- go talk to him because when the cutscene loads, you're like two steps ahead of him, and I just like I did the video game thing of I never looked behind me, like I didn't go left in a Mario world <laughs> or whatever. So I just completely missed that dude for probably my first playthrough of Bloodborne. Oh my was, god, was, you was, did, you, did you did you even talk to him? Did you talk no, to him? No, it wasn't until like oh I my was. God. Uh, I was running back through it the the end game like because uh, like I, you know trying to find Upper Cathedral Ward or, or whatever and I was like who is what is this pile of rags in the corner like I've no! never seen that oh my god <laughs> oh this oh that's why he's so tragic because it's just you got people like you just like straight up ignoring him I just so, like, yeah not even yeah I didn't have the option like I barely found any NPCs and uh, because I hadn't talked to him the ones I did find I couldn't do anything with like I couldn't send them to the chapel or whatever so they just stayed in their homes mm-hmm. until the blood moon came out and I guess everybody dies. So yeah, that was my first playthrough is basically like, I didn't talk to anybody or see anybody and everybody died. Oh, so no. yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think another, tra- now Garrett in terms of the summation of his character, I think is definitely the most tragic. 
just 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 in 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 general of like right up front um with other characters you could say oh well that's tra- quite tragic like uh Gascoigne's daughter uh both of them you know that's that's quite tragic what happened to them and you know Viola that that's quite tragic what happened to her but in terms of what you find out over the you know the course of the game and what you can figure out you're like oh wow like that's really fucking sad dude like yeesh uh, okay time to go night night old man <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll never forget that that first fight where you know tonight German joins a hunt and uh, oh shit yeah that's, I mean that's like, just that's I mean that's just like a horny cutscene but <laughs> I looked back uh, I was going through like I, I, I filled up my PS4's hard drive so I'm like trying to frantically delete stuff off my hard drive so I was going through uh, my Bloodborne folder which the 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 PlayStation helpfully told me that I had like a hundred gigs worth of video saved in my Bloodborne folder and I'm like okay well I probably don't need like all of this and going back through and it was literally like eighteen thousand screenshots of just that one scene where he stands up and like oh, you're on the field nice. or whatever and I'm like okay so I was really into this then too good to know good to know I was really into this I mean that's just he just looks good like just him standing it's just it's it plays into the Bloodborne theme of being quite ominous with it you know with everything um you know and him standing up and literally having a different change of clothes and look you know looking a little better than he did before you're like huh that wasn't that wasn't like that before uh and then him just transforming the burial blade like whoa dude that's a little scared right now and then uh actually fighting him was absolutely a blast i think any of the 1v1 hunter battles are probably my favorites um and i never co-op with them ever i i help people co-op with them but i mean i never ask for help on 1v1 hunter battles because i think they not that people can't play the way they want but that's how i feel they're meant to be they're meant to be one-on-one testing your skills sort of battles yeah i've been uh at I, I agree completely. Like uh, German, Lady Maria, and Orphan of Kaz are probably like my three favorite fights across video games. Um, and then there's one in Dark Souls One where with Artorius, which is very similar. Like, that's, oh yeah, that's a dude that you're fighting that is. Um, I, I like that fight a lot because Artorius is broken, like he's been corrupted, and his arm is broken. So he's he's like at you know he's at fifty percent, and he's still kicking your ass mm-hmm. all over the place. Like mm-hmm. it's still really really challenging. And I'm the same way. Like I don't. I was playing. Um, I was doing a soul level one run for my friend Patty, and I had to get past Artorius. And like it's soul level one on the PS3 in 2018. Like literally, I cannot summon. <laughs> like there's no way that nobody mm-hmm. nobody was is, is around. And uh, just ha- you know. I'm going to go in there solo and do it. And it was so satisfying. Like there's something about those fights that uh, as much as I like the big monster designs, as much as I like, uh, there's a good feeling of satisfaction with killing those huge monsters. And like, I took that down, like there's something really just tense and I I hate to use the word compelling, but like really compelling about it. Just like a me and a dude that's kind of my size, just going after each other. Like that's really fun to me. If I may confess something, um, and this is just because I'm a giant wuss, I have not faced the orphan yet because I'm like slightly terrified. Oh, um, Mimi, come on, no! Listen, <laughs> I'm right. What I'm are you right doing after this podcast? <laughs> like, just I, just stream for listen, me, and I'll watch you do it. I'll give you moral support. <laughs> cheer, cheer you on. I won't co-op with you, but I'll definitely cheer you on because I don't want to go through that hell again. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly why. Because I'm just like, I keep telling friends, I'm like. They're like, yeah, you wanna, you want help on the orphan cause? I'm like, listen, 
I need like a team of advisors, therapists, and like grief, and like grief counselors for afterwards. Assemble the I'm council. Gonna, I'm going if in. I'm, if, I, if I'm even gonna think about doing any of that, I'm like I cannot in any way do this without being in the right mood to like get really fucked up. Um, so I mean, eventually I'll do it. Um, haven't had too much time for Bloodborne lately, but I, I'll definitely. I'll consider. I'll take it into consideration. If I take it into consideration, I mean, I won't fight him for another month. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to tell me when you do that. That's literally like one of my. I mean, that's probably my favorite Souls boss across anything. Like, it's there's a there's a level of intensity and rawness, especially because I'm sure you've seen videos of it, right? Like, you're not you're not going oh, yeah. blind to that. Yes. But oh yeah. When the when the phase shift happens, when he goes into phase two, and it's like, oh, now you have really pissed me off, and now I'm going to scream at you and attack you like I've never attacked anybody in my life, and that is just some of the most. Oh man, I've, I've been looking around for a orphan of cost statue lately. I was so. Uh, they have one. I, I, there was one on Twitter. I'm pretty sure that someone someone made. I don't know if you saw that one. I did because uh, that person was like made a bunch of Bloodborne stuff, and so I asked them if they had an orphan of cost statue, and they were like, nope, I just sold it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh damn, I missed it. <laughs> So I'll get I'll get there eventually, but you should definitely go play Orphan of Cause. That's your homework. I'm going to assign mm. you homework from this podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Mr. Greer. I really appreciate it. Uh, really, what I want homework in my adult life. Of course, really, just, of course, just great. Um, uh, now, in terms of, I do not have like a favorite. I have like a top three in no particular order, mm-hmm. um, and that's Gascoigne, Maria, and uh, Garman in terms of. Just, just because it's all, it's the big, it's a package. Yep. Like, I feel like it's just a, every single one is a perfect package for me. I, I can't throw Orphan of Cause in there yet because I haven't quite experienced, but so far those are in the top three, no particular order, just due to the, the music, the atmosphere, the lore, the, 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 the character design. Just, just everything about all three of those is, you know, quite endearing to me. Um, speaking of the whole package, or just at least one piece of the whole package, music-wise... No oh, man. Favorite track? Uh, so, man, <laughs> like, there's so many good tracks. Like Ludwig's song, that Ludwig's oh, whole yeah. deal, uh, Maria's whole deal, German's whole deal. The track that plays when you get kidnapped and go into uh, um, Yahar Ghul for oh, the first yeah. time. Oh yeah, is that's amazing. So um, I always I always talk about this, and I'm, I'm I'm sorry, don't give up skeleton listeners who have somehow stuck with me through 140 episodes of this podcast. But uh, there's a uh, there's a there was a concert in Sweden um, and this like Swedish orchestra slash vocalist did a bunch of video game songs. Like they did stuff from final fantasy. They did oh, stuff from Zelda. Yeah, that's the one with the blonde woman. Yeah. And the, the, the yeah, she does like the, the intro theme song and it's like, it gives me chills just thinking about it. Uh, and like th- that version of that song is like maybe one of my favorite songs ever. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, that the, I hate to go back to Orphan of Cause, but the, the the way that the music rests at the in the middle when you get him down to half health and it kind of comes back up and you hear these horns blare up and then all of a sudden it's it's not double speed but it's double the intensity that it was before um, and it plays into the boss fight as well. Those are my like top Souls music moments is the way that it ties directly into the gameplay like that and they've done a really good job. Dark Souls Three does a really good job of that of changing the music along with the boss fights, which I find kind of interesting. Like some of that dynamic music stuff is really interesting. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go, I guess I'll go Maria's theme is probably Yeah. My now I have two songs right now fighting for the top spot and mm-hmm. that's, uh, Maria's theme 
uh, and uh, Lawrence, the first vicar. That's Lawrence's oof. is really good. The melody in that song oh, is really amazing. So good. That's that's another thing of it being like you know the game being totally just like ominous and just really really imposing because it's just such a you know such a powerful song even though it's tied to like an asshole boss. <laughs> but you know that's uh, you know that those two are fighting for the top spot right now, and then um, Claire Beast is definitely in the top three i i really i really like that one that's a great like beginning thing oh uh side note um i did not find the cleric beast first when i went through my first <laughs> you found through. german first nice no i found gascoin first oh yeah gascoin not german i'm sorry yeah that's a t- yeah yeah no i found gascoin first and uh as much as i really love him now i did not like him my first playthrough because <laughs> Just slam jamming my ass into the ground. And I was like, I, oh my God, I took so, like a solid hour, hour and a half trying to. I also think there was like a 15 minute break because I was just like so pissed off. And then I beat him and I was like, huh, well, that was good. And then, of course, the Bloodstar Beast gave me almost no trouble when people were like, oh yeah, he's like the scrub stomper. I'm like, okay. Isn't that weird that the like how different people have different problems with with different bosses? Like, I remember having an insane amount of problems with the Britus, uh, and then having friends tell me like, "Oh yeah, just one shot that." Like, I just did. Oh know. yeah, yes. And I'm like, I, I beat her in thirty seconds on voice chat. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go face uh, Evie," and they're like, "Okay." And then uh, thirty seconds later, I was like, "Okay, I beat her." And they're like, "What? What?" I was like, "Yeah, no, no, she's she's dead." And this was on New Game Plus, so they were like, what What'd you, what'd you do? I'm like, I don't know, I just strategize. I don't know, I just kind of threw, went head, head first into her macaroni head. Like, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Cause, and I don't, and, this, and I'm going to tell every new Souls player this, you know, any, any new Soulsborne player, don't pay attention to people's, oh, top 10 hardest bosses in Bloodborne are top 10 hardest bosses in Dark Souls 3. Oh, you make that determination for yourself. Like, you can prepare that way by saying, you know, looking at a list and being like, oh, this boss might be tough, so it might be easier to prepare for it. But, like, hey, I, I, I wouldn't pay attention to stuff like that where it's just like, ooh, well, this was my hardest boss. So it's just like <laughs> overall voted hard, hardest boss. I'm like, okay. If uh, I would go one step further and tell you that if you're listening to anybody in the in the like Souls fandom telling you that anything is a- with absolute certainty, like you can go ahead and just not listen. Like that's fine. <laughs> like just literally, even like, oh, you know, this is the best weapon in the game, and this weapon is trash. Like, hey, if it's a Souls mm-hmm. game. If you like the weapon, then just use it. Like it doesn't like well, it, yeah, it may not yeah, be like. Yeah, I mean, that's just yeah. That's people just are so weird about that stuff. That Mm-hmm. they'll be that way they'll be like yeah if you use this weapon you're you're a fucking casual get good like listen i play video games to have fun and uh guess what if you play video games to be a competitive elitist asshole then that's i mean that's good for you but don't involve me in that stuff please thanks you mentioned you mentioned earlier that you were uh kind of dipping into dark souls 3 what's the what's the adjustment been like after playing so much bloodborne going to dark souls 3 which is still faster combat than you know the like you're you're in for a shock on dark souls one when you get it like it's going to move a lot slower but like dark souls 3 is still a little bit slower than bloodborne like has it been has it been hard um you know that crystal lizard right at the beginning of the the graveyard yep i beat him 
Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, I I understand it's heavier and stuff. Uh, You know, it's just the combat style is heavier and stuff. Um, But I find that if I adjust accordingly, um, it can be easy. I also didn't talk shit this time the first time I put it in. I wasn't like, this is going to be so easy because I've been playing Bloodborne. I more or less went, okay, you're not playing Bloodborne anymore. So kind of scale it back in terms of what you want to play like don't play like you can zip around and you can you know go real you know real real fast just you know take your time and that's how i feel you know dark souls is really about is taking your time you know at least at least in the dark souls series rather than you know just bloodborne um you know taking your time and kind of figuring things out is the best strategy i feel for a lot of the bosses and just the whole combat scenarios i uh I mean, it's good, though. I, I, I think it's not too bad. I definitely see what people mean when they're like, well, Miyazaki was working on Bloodborne at the same time as Dark Souls 3, so you're going to see a lot of the same kind of uh, combat speed, but you will not be, you'll be slower. I'm like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thanks. I'm, a, I'm, I'm curious, like, how long have you been playing Bloodborne? Like, how long ago did you pick it up? Uh, December. Right after Christmas. Um, oh, so I literally ordered it Christmas extremely Day. Extremely recently. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, in that time period, like, do you think that playing Bloodborne or Dark Souls has has changed you in any kind of way? Has, has like, changed the way you approach video games or changed you as a yes. person? Yes. So it's definitely changed me as a person. Um, I am... Not that I was a big wuss before. Um, you know, I, I'm more confident than a lot of people. I, I definitely feel that even in my daily life, I'm... I approach things cautiously, but still approach with, you know, a lot of courage and a lot of confidence, um, especially with what I'm doing right now. Um, I also try to keep a cool head about things. Like I feel in Bloodborne when I get super angry, uh, things tend not to work out for me. So keeping a cool head about things has been a lot easier for me uh, in early life. And then in video game wise, um, now that, you know, because I remember Breath of the Wild being like, this is the Dark Souls of Legend of Zelda. And now that I've <laughs> played a Souls game, um, I could not disagree more. Could not. Like, Breath of the Wild is baby talk compared to, you know, what I've been playing lately. And, I mean, as much as I love that game very much, I, I, I'm getting quite sick and tired of hearing, this is the Dark Souls of the, shoot, you know, the shooting genre. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever played Dark Souls before, but it ain't, <laughs> it ain't like that, guys. Do you follow that Twitter account, Xbeat Dark Souls? No, it's, I do not. I don't know. I don't know who runs it. Um, I'm gonna, eventually, I'll ask them to be on the podcast because I think that'd be funny. But they just collect headlines from all over the internet of "This is the Dark Souls of that" or whatever, and it's oh, some of the. Cool. I mean, some of the things like I think the the most recent absurd one I saw is like if Avengers: Affinity War is the Dark Souls of Mar- the MCU movies, oh, and I'm my like, God. please stab me in the eyes so that I never see any of this <laughs> bullshit ever again. Because God, yeah, it's ridiculous. As a as a yeah. as a new Souls player, uh, so you mentioned that we're waiting for the remaster, so that's coming in a couple of weeks. Yes, and um, we're we we've got some unannounced projects that we're pr- going to find out about on, during E three, which is probably like as people are listening to this podcast, probably like eighteen months ago because I'm so far ahead with this damn thing. Um, but mm-hmm. we're going to find out like you know what Shadows Die Twice is, what their unannounced stuff is. But 
for you personally, like if you, if you could whisper in Miyazaki's ear while he's, while he's dreaming uh, to, to make your perfect video game, what, what would that be? Um, I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be a piece of shit and just whisper quietly. Bloodborne 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I mean, not, I mean, not, I don't hate the idea of Bloodborne 2. I think that it is, we don't need any more clarification. I think in terms of Souls games, it's the perfect um, sort of like thing where, you know, you still have tons of stuff to explore in, in Yarnum in terms of lore implications, but you don't need to... Um, you don't need to expand any further because, you know, you can expand that on your own. And I think that that's what Miyazaki wanted was, you know, here's like a whole bunch of lore. Just go to town with it. And I, I don't quite think we need more. But as a self-indulgent bullshitter, I really wouldn't mind Bloodborne 2. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea and I don't like the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, either way, I mean, it's it sounds like a good time. Nice. Well, thank you very much um, for, for, for guesting, Mimi. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to no kick problem. you off the podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get me out of here. I'm, I'm, get me out of this hell, please. Uh, thank you so much for, for waking up super early on a Saturday morning and doing this with me. This has been an absolute delight. So uh, thank, thank you for agreeing. No problem. I, you and me, you and me, Grandpa, Grandpa Greer and Grandma, Grandma Mimi, getting up way too goddamn early in the morning. DMing each other at 5 a.m. saying, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Yes. Uh, where can you be found on the internet? Should people want to want to chat with you? Um, so on Tumblr, I am Nocturne, and it's N O C T U R N X um, on Tumblr, and then on Twitter. Um, and this one eh, is a little bit of horny posting on it, so I mean, don't don't worry too much about it. But you know, it's slightly NSFW, so um, that's lyrical Mimi L Y R I C A L uh, underscore Mimi. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a, an Instagram outside of what I do professionally, and I'd like to. You know, Probably not. Not, not post that about that on the yeah. on a Dark Souls podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again. This is this has been a, a an absolute blast, and I really appreciate you guesting. Thank you so much. Great to have a conversation with you, as always. Um, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That website has links to previous episodes. It has links to the merchandise. If you want to put a skelly on your belly, you can go buy a t-shirt. Uh, it also has links to the Patreon if you want to support the show directly. Thank you to everybody who's been leaving iTunes reviews. That really, really helps the podcast out and boosts me up in the iTunes charts, which makes me feel good. Um, I think this is the first time I've recorded since then, but I actually showed up on the new and noteworthy section <laughs> in iTunes. So if you're a new listener, then thank you. You'll hear this 14 weeks later because I'm so far ahead. But thank you, everybody who made that happen. Uh, and uh, thank you very much for everybody out there just listening. I really appreciate you. And uh, don't forget... Don't give up, skeleton. And we're good. Awesome. Thank you again. That's a, this was an absolute blast. I know I'm being overly effusive, but I had a good time. This was your first? Yeah, I've never done a podcast.